Anger Deanne, and welcome to my podcast, Things I Talk About. Okay, so here's the thing: I love the Chinese I Ching, and I love talking about the Bakwa as it relates to human design, and I also love energy and exploring how we experience energy. So. You know, I find it surprising, though I know absolutely nothing about feng shui. Which, from my understanding, these topics are very interwoven together. So I'm excited today to have my special guest, which is Alejandra Brady, who just so happens to be an expert on the topic of feng shui. So I'm excited to talk to her today and learn more about this interesting subject. So she is. Is a author of an award-winning and best-selling book. I just can't make this shit up, which is such an awesome title. So today we are going to be exploring what feng shui is and how it can be used to transform the energy of our space. Alejandra, thank you so much for joining me here today. This is a conversation I'm super excited about because I'm excited to learn more. But before we dive in too deep, I would love to hear a little bit more about you and maybe like, how did you get here? How did you come to Feng Shui? Sure. Well, first of all, Cassandra, who is you know the same name as mine, you know we have the same name, <laughs> which I love so much. Um, I am very thankful to being here. So thanks for asking me to be on your podcast. I love it. I'm a listener, so I really enjoy it. And you've got great guests on, so I'm happy to be amongst them. So how I got into feng shui? Um, I've told this story before. I really try and condense it as much as I can, but I can only condense it so much because it is yeah. layered. Um, I've been doing interior design for over 20 years at this point, and I loved what I was doing, but I got to a point where I was turning 50 and I was actually working on another client's home and she was super in tune with energy. So this all kind of happened within a two month period. She suggested a feng shui practitioner for her house and the feng shui practitioner said she would come to both our homes and wouldn't charge us travel times if I also booked a consultation. Now, a week before this took place, this conversation, I found out out of the blue, I had to have a cervical fusion. So my neck was going to be opened right at my throat chakra. I have a titanium plate with six screws in a cage. Uh, This is three years after I had lower lumbar fusion right at my root chakra. Same thing. Uh, I have rods and screws in a cage. And so I had just been healing from that when this I found out about this. And it kind of put me in a tailspin, to be honest. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, why is this happening? So I said yes to the consultation because I was curious and I wanted to see if there was anything that could be done to my bedroom specifically because I was about to be in bed without being able to leave the house for quite Mm. some time. You know, when you're in a neck brace, the brace goes from here to here, uh, for those of you that are on video, all the way up to my chin. So you can't bend, like you can't even read a book because you can't bend your neck. It's to keep you immobilized. So all you can really do is sit or lay down and watch TV, (laughs) you know, and that was going to be six to eight weeks full time in the brace. So I'm like, okay, if she can give me some tips on what to do for my bedroom to help make it easier for the recovery, let's do it. She came to my house. Her name was Karen Rock Carter. And I always like to share her name with everyone because she turned out to be my teacher. And within 10 minutes of being at my house, as I'm furiously writing notes, she stopped. She looked at me and she said, you know, you're going to be doing this. And all I remember saying to her is looking at my watch and going, TikTok lady, you're expensive. Just tell me what I need to do. I have no interest in doing this. I'm just focused on getting my room ready to recover. You know, so... Fast forward, I did what she suggested in about the first month, got ready for my surgery, had my surgery, and the energy in our bedroom changed so drastically that my husband, who at the beginning literally stood there with his arms crossed as she was walking around the house, to coming up to me going, okay, so what room do you want to do next? I became my own guinea pig. So as I slowly recovered, 
We did room by room of our house with all of Karen's suggestions and some that intuitively came to me too. You know, I thought, I mean, I've been an interior designer for years. I'm a Virgo. I'm a declutterer. You know, I think you're a Virgo too, aren't you? No. <laughs> no I thought we were close as far as but Virgo is. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I have to declutter all the time. So I thought I had this down pat. And she pointed out things to me that I'd never noticed in my own home, you know, and she, this doesn't look like you. This doesn't look like you. I'm like, no, I inherited it from my parents when they passed away. You're right. I inherited it, you know, so I started seeing where there was clutter and there were things that I was keeping out of guilt and obligation that didn't resonate with me, didn't resonate with our life moving forward. Uh, just didn't resemble me in any way, shape, or form. And slowly but surely, and it it takes a while to be ready to let go of some of those things. I started doing that. Uh, I reached back out to her and I said, remember me? You know, like six months later, I said, you said I would be doing this. Would you be willing to take me on as a student? And she said yes. And I signed up for her course. And I shut down my design business and I studied full-time because I just really wanted to dive into it. And it was a very in-depth course. Uh, until I became certified. Wow. Wow. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That was a while back. I was just 56 a few months ago. So it's been a six year journey so far. Wow. That is so interesting. And I'm, I'm just reflecting hearing you speak and it's interesting. You talked about how what you had was not a reflection of you, she said. So, you know, I, I know nothing about feng shui as I've been clear in my intro about, but I'm just looking back and it's interesting because my, a similar story, I came to this realization one day that my whole house was a reflection of my mother and my husband's mother. And so it was all like, oh gosh, it was all like rich burgundy and like olive green and I realized it was suffocating to me. And so I told my husband, I said, all of it's white. We need it all white. I need to declutter. And I do prefer more of a minimalist look. And so, yeah, no clue what it means in terms of feng shui, but that's so interesting, you know, because I'd imagine that's some sort of energetic there, you know, to how it was feeling and how that reflected on me possibly. I don't know. 100%. I listened to the word you used. You use suffocated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the first half hour of any consultation I do is to sit down with my client and let them tell me what's going on in their life. Mm. Now, and my superpower is I can walk into a house and I can tell you what's going on. You don't have to tell me, but I want to hear from you, you know, what is working and what is not. And obviously that was not a reflection of you. Yeah. So you needed a complete fresh start. You needed a blank slate. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean feng shui doesn't mean every wall has to be white. Look behind me. This is my yeah. office. I like stuff. I'm not a minimalist, but everything I have is very intentional. Yeah. And I think that's the secret. What you want to be surrounded by things you love and you want them to be intentional and you don't want them to make you feel suffocated. Yeah. You, know, you want to feel good in your environment. And that's what feng shui really is. It's about how you feel in your space and having the energy of your space work for you instead of working against you. Oh. You know, it's there whether we believe in it or not. Energy is everywhere. You know, everything in your life has energy from a plant to a book to the computer we're on. Everything is energy, you know, so you might as well work with it to help you out and have it be in your best interest moving forward. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and really, that kind of touches a little bit on the next question I wanted to ask. So just kind of going back, is there a particular definition that you would give, you know, to explain what is feng shui? Sure. sure. So feng shui is of Chinese origins, and it literally translates into feng translates into wind and shui translates into water. And if you break it down even further, Feng, wind, is energy that's around you that you cannot see. Water is energy that you can see. So everything in this world is either energetically something you can tangibly touch, right, and that you can see it, or it's energy around you that you can't. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell a really quick story that helps people envision it, and yeah. I think it's very helpful because it is a new concept to a lot of people. I understand that, even though... It's ancient. It's been around for, you know, depending on the book that you read, anywhere from four to 6,000 years. So it's not 
new. It's new to a lot of us Mm -hmm. in the Western world. So imagine that you're looking for the perfect location to build your home and you build it, you choose to build it on the top of a very high mountain. So a big wind comes through. You don't see it. It seems like you're on top of the mountain. You have the best views possible, but a wind can come through and knock your house down because there's no protection. If you want your house to be right at the base of a river, you want to see the river, you want to see the water flow, but a flood can come in and take your house away. So what we're trying to do in feng shui is find that perfect spot and that perfect balance between not too far up, not too far down, you know, just right, little Goldilocks in there. So if you build your house in the middle of the mountain, the mountain behind you will protect you from those unseen energetic forces, and it'll protect you from the river rising up to take away your house because you're far enough up that you're protected. So does that does that help? Like we're always yeah. trying to find that perfect little balance of not too yin, not too yang, not too much, not too little, uh, that's right for each individual person you know, because we are all different. What works in your house would not work for me and so forth and so on. You know, everyone has a different thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. And, you know, and how you talked about everything having energy, you know, and, and yeah, that's so awesome. So, okay. So I am very inquisitive. And so the first thing when I, you know, oversaw this this topic is I am studied in the ancient I Ching as it relates to human design, which is part of, you know, they kind of go some together. So I'm familiar with the Bakwa and how it relates in that sense to individual gates of human design or in the actual, you know, I Ching itself. So I was just glancing Dancing through um, some of the stuff on your uh, Instagram feed, which, by the way, is incredible. I mean, you do yeah. such a good job sharing tips and and things that are digestible. You know, um, I absolutely love it. So there was a post you had, and then you shared the bakwa, and I can remember uh, b- the color black, which I believe was connected to water. Um, so, okay. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of information, you know, as far as, um, I know of the Bakwa as it relates to the I Ching. And I would love, I'm just curious if there are any dots, anything that I could say that, you know, and if not, that's totally fine. But I feel like I'm just so inquisitive of this subject that I want to talk about it. And so, you know, going back to the post you did of the Bakwa, you know, the color black, which I believe you had connected to water. So in the I Ching, this um, is recognized as hexagram 29, which is called the abysmal, which I found interesting right there, you know, the color black. And I know it talks a lot about, and I'm going off a of memory here, but It talks a lot about this essence of, you know, self-reflection towards challenging time, remaining sort of pure and innocent in who we are, and the flexibility in not just, you know, avoiding challenges, but rather being able to sort of accept, okay, this is part of the experience. We're going through it and commitment to, you know, not avoiding it. Um, so there's with, you know, looking at abysmal, um, you know, concepts of like reflecting how we're, how we're handling this situation. I noticed in your post you had mirror, which, you know, I'm thinking to myself, this is just interesting. I'm curious curious what your thoughts are on, you know, is there anything that like in sharing this, you're like, "Mm, yeah, that could possibly be connected. Um, What do you think? So first of all, I'll say, since I do work with the Bagua map, I always like to make it very clear. I am certified in BTV feng shui, which is a more westernized approach. Okay. Because I do get a lot of questions. You know, people will reach out to me and there's three main schools that people post about, you know, that you usually see on the socials. So I just like to make it super clear because you can get very confused um, between the three. 
some, I won't say contradict, but maybe don't overlap as much. And people just sometimes get confused. So I would say to everybody, if you resonate with a certain practitioner, somebody that you're following on Instagram, um, find out what kind of practitioner they are and then stick to those practitioners. Like if you want to follow different people, just make sure the majority of them are BTB just to, to lessen the confusion. But back to water. I'll hold up the bagua Ooh, for those of us. We got a card. <laughs> well, this is in my card in my feng shui card deck that I created. So yeah. it's in there. Um, for B2B practitioners, uh, water represents your career and your life path. Okay. So yeah, it is about reflection. It's usually associated with the bottom center of your front door. So to explain. <sighs> I think we need to explain to people what the Bagua is because there may be some people that are it. like, yeah, about absolutely. What is bagua? So the Bagua is a tool that we as feng shui practitioners use to divide your home into basically like a tic-tac-toe board, just for visual for people that are not watching this or going to see this on video. So picture a tic-tac-toe board with nine squares and those nine squares represent the nine major energy centers in your life. So they are reflected in your home. Because the way that I was trained, you know, what is closest to you will have the greatest impact on you. So next to the food that you put in to your body, you know, the the lotions and potions that you put on your body and the clothes you wear, your bed and your home have the most impact on you. Mm. So we break this apart. And if your home is not built like a square or a rectangle, you can take this Bagua map and place it over each room as well. We had a second home in Sedona and our house was built to, you know, take advantage of all the mountain views. So it was by no means shaped like a tic-tac-toe board, you know, so I just used it room by room. So the nine major energy centers of your home are going to be water, which usually lines up with your door, your front door. So water equals career and life path. And that is the black that you are talking about. And so there we are looking at flow. We are looking at reflection is what you are doing in your career and your life path, what you want to be doing, Mm. you know? So that is where that self-reflection that you were referring to can come in. Um, Are you feeling stuck? Mm. If somebody tells me that they're feeling stuck, I look to see if there's maybe a lot of earth element, because what happens when you add a lot of earth to water, it creates mud. And what happens when you're in mud, you're stuck, right? Mm. It's hard to move through mud. So I kind of come in as a little detective and I look at all of that and see, and yes, mirrors in BTB feng shui represent water okay? because they're reflective surface. A lot of different things represent water in, in, in feng shui, uh, glass mirrors, anything that has, um, a flowy shape. That's not, you know, round square. It's not a, a set shape that has kind of more asymmetrical flow. Um, mirrors are certainly a part of it, which is why a lot of us talk about mirrors by your front entrance. Mm. We do not want a mirror that faces, like if I open the front door and I'm looking at myself in a mirror, then I, all that energy that you're asking to come into your home will bounce right back out. So you don't want a mirror that faces the front door directly. You can have it on the side, you know? So if you open the door and you've got side walls and you want to put a mirror on the front, that's great. Now you're adding the water element, which is the element of the career area in your home to the front door. So that part's great. So that's how mirrors come in. They represent water. They represent abundance. They represent flow. Water represents flow and feng shui as well. Um, You want water to be flowing. You don't want stagnant water. You don't want old, dirty water. You know, you want clean flowing water to represent abundance. And that again comes in. So just to go through the other uh, areas very quickly, if you walk into your front door and you go, right, I always have to do this because I look at the card and I get myself myself all messed up. I want to go left, actually. So if you walk in the front door and you go left, you have skills and knowledge. So career is in the center, skills and knowledge moving up center or yes, the center left is family and ancestors. The top left is going to be your wealth corner. Keep going around. The top center is going to be fame and reputation. And I always like to make this one really clear. It's not about being famous unless that is your intention. It's about how you are seen uh, from the outside world. So how you're seen in business, how you're seen mm-hmm. by other people. Then top right, you have love and relationships. And that can be intimate relationships like a spouse or a partner or it can be relationships in your life in general. 
Um, then center right, you have children and creativity. I worked on this part of my home quite a bit when I was writing the book, because to me, I am 56. I am no longer birthing children, but it was about birthing the book. So creativity, birthing a new project, birthing something new. If you find yourself always starting a project and not finishing, go to this area of your home and children and creativity and see if something's stuck. If you can't open a door, a window, drawers, you know, if you've got stuff just piled in there, because that's going to just completely dampen your creativity. Then bottom right, you have helpful people in travel. My office happens to be in helpful people in travel. So I always keep a globe in here. And the amount of trips that manifest for me are amazing. Then you go right back down to career. And then in the center, center square of the whole thing is health. Because if you don't have health, the rest of it really doesn't matter, right? And if you notice, health is connected to every single other gua every single other area. And they all work in conjunction with each other. I will tell you as a practitioner, so many people come to me about uh, wealth, relationships, or health. Those are probably my three top requests. But you know, if you don't have helpful people, if you don't have clients, how are you going to get wealth? Yeah. You know, if you don't have skills, how are you going to get wealth? If you don't have knowledge, if you don't have loving relationships, How are you going to find helpful people? So everything is very intertwined and everything works together. It's not just about focusing on one tiny area. It's about looking as your home as a whole. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a overview. Yeah, that was wonderful. And I love, that's awesome. I know I've seen your, your deck, um, that your Oracle deck that you have, um, which is, is so cool. Such a neat concept. And I love the having the card right there uh, to help walk us through it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, I'm curious, would you say, you know, and I don't know, this could be something where it just depends on the person, the person's energy. Um, But I'm curious, is there one particular area in which you could say is a reoccurring blockage or troubled area that, you know, a lot of people experience in in their home when it comes to feng shui? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, I've been doing this for a hot minute now. So I find that uh, clutter is usually the biggest one. Okay. And and being able to let go of things that are holding people back. That's a really big one. Um, and that can be anything, you know, I mean, from piles of shoes by the front door to divorce papers under the bed, you know, to things that you're keeping from exes. You know, I had a client and she was lovely. And um, she's like, I cannot find a partner. And we'd done everything. You know, the bedroom was gorgeous. We put the matching nightstands. We put the lamps. We'd done all the things. And then one day I'm like, do you keep stuff under your bed? She said, yes, I do. I go, can we pull it out and see? Cause like at this point I'm racking my brain. I'm like, I've done all the things and I don't understand why we're not moving forward and you cannot find another partner. And she pulls out all the stuff from under the bed. She goes, it's just old letters and stuff and papers. I'm like, but can I see what it is? And it was her divorce papers. It was a whole bunch of stuff from her ex. Uh, First of all, the ex that she divorced and then the second partner that she had that had lived with her, but he was gone too. And I'm like, why? Why are you keeping this? Well, I'm sentimental. I'm like, but you're literally sleeping with two guys in this bed right now. No wonder you can't have another guy show up, you know? That's full, you know, plus the dog. You know, there's a lot of people in this bed right now. And, And it took her a minute. And we did it slowly. I had to go back a few days at a time because it does take a minute. And, you know, we finally got through it. And I'd say, I think she called me about a month later and she'd met a wonderful man and the rest is history. You know, they went on to have a very successful relationship, but it's stuff that keeps you tied to the past. A lot of times that I find, Um, I also find people don't pay attention to the art that they're hanging in their house. That's a pretty universal one. Mm. I had another client uh, and I usually don't get calls from people in this demographic. They were close to their eighties, late seventies, eighties. That's doesn't happen to be my demographic for the most part. They called me, I went over and they were just the loveliest couple. And 
the gentleman was attached to an oxygen tank and had the oxygen with him. And uh, the wife is like, you know, something's going on in our house. He can't breathe. It sounds like he's drowning all night long. It sounds like he's choking, gasping for air. So she had to move to a guest room because she he kept her awake all night. And then because he didn't sleep well during the night, he slept a lot during the day. So I asked to go see where his room was, which was the main bedroom. She moved into another one. And above their um, bed was this beautiful, they had means. So they had this beautiful oil painting. They had traveled to Venice, had this gorgeous oil painting that they bought. It was very sentimental to them, reminded them of an amazing trip. But in this particular case, I looked at him and I said, so this is a gondola in a canal in Venice. So where can a human being not breathe, feel like they're drowning and is gasping for air? Underwater. Mm -hmm. You're sleeping underwater. And because you're an older gentleman, he was sleeping about 10 hours, not well, and then sleeping a lot during the day. He was literally spending probably two thirds of his day underwater. Wow. So at first they were very hesitant, right? Because they're like, it's expensive. I'm like, I'm not asking you to get rid of it. Let's just move it somewhere else. We moved it to the front area, back to the career area where water is a wonderful thing to have. And two weeks later, I was seeing another client who was near them and I just asked if I could stop by. I wanted to see how he was doing. He was outside in the front yard, no oxygen tank on, playing with his granddaughter. Wow. And sometimes it's that drastic. I'm not not saying they all are that drastic, but that one was one that caught me even off guard. And the wife is like, he got his life back. Wow. You know, because suddenly he was not struggling to breathe underwater. He still needed oxygen, but it wasn't to the level that it was. You know, maybe it was an hour a day or something like that. But it had just drastically changed his life and it didn't cost a penny other than the consultation. Right. But we just moved one item to a different area. So I think people need to pay attention to what they're sleeping under a lot of designers, a lot. And I listen, I used to do it too. when I didn't know any better, you know, when somebody tells me, I feel the weight of the world is on me. I just feel like I, you know, the weight of the world, I will go into their bedroom and eight times out of 10, there'll be a map, you know, It'll be artwork of a map or of a landscape of a super heavy landscape, you know, some beautiful landscape. But so you are, you're sleeping under the weight of the world, literally, you know? So just, I think for everybody, this is just a really good one that won't cost you a penny. Go and check what's on top of your bed. If you have a mirror over your bed, you know, over your, um, that can lead you to just keep looking in the past. Those mirrored nightstands that were so popular for so many years, which I think they still are, but I don't even look at them anymore, can keep you attached to the past. I had a client who I'm very fortunate. My clients are truly amazing clients. A lot of the times who had been a very important person in the sports world, retired and was still very attached to his position, you know, and hadn't been able to move past and they had mirrored nightstands in their master bedroom, you know, and just, we moved him, we removed him with, with a wood ones. And he was able to then suddenly kind of look forward to what's the next version of your career. Cause you know, most athletes retire very young. So he was still in his forties. So it's like, let's move forward and see what you can do moving forward instead of being attached to when you played. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so intriguing. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm just like, I'm, I'm thinking as you're sharing this, like I'm thinking through all the things and yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for me, for me, it's like, um, I, because I tend to be more minimalist, I think I just have like white frame mirrors everywhere. (laughs) Like I have that can be too much of that as well. Yeah, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, (laughs) you have a balance and you want warmth in your space as well. You don't want it to feel cold because white is the color of the metal element. So it's great for focus and creativity, but you don't want so much of it that it feels cold. Certainly in your bedroom, your bedroom is one where you don't want the white on white on white on white look. Yeah, you want to warm it up with like at least a wooden bed. Um, you know, some textures, some chunky knits, uh, anything that brings some warmth to the space too, because you don't want a cold, intimate space. 
That's that's good. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I'm in no way a millennial, um, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, you know, I've heard them say like millennial gray. Um, yeah, that's pretty much like everything's white and gray for the most part. But I do I am big on textures. So like there are blankets um, and like more knitted things around. But I'm especially considering the mirror thing, though. <laughs> Yeah. So, ah, so interesting. Wonderful. So much good information. So another question I had for you is, you know, I loved one of the things I noticed, um, uh, you shared was the concept of placing a bowl with nine lemons and that inviting, I believe you said, cleansing or new energy, perhaps. Um, you'll have to let me know if I'm right about that. But my question is this. So at the time that this comes out, you know, we've got the holidays, Christmas and New Year's coming out. I'm wondering if you could share with us, is there a simple little tip that of something we can continue? consider or do. I know a lot of us decorate for the holidays um, to keep in mind for the upcoming season. I just just did an in-person workshop on feng shui in the holidays. So perfect timing for that question. And I actually just sent out a newsletter to all my subscribers with like a gazette. My husband's like, this is really long. I'm like, there's a lot to share with everybody. <laughs> um, a lot of tips and tricks to get through the holidays. A couple, and actually my Instagram post today was about that too. Cause yes, that is the season. That is what people are asking us, right? One of my favorite tips is to smudge your house before and after company comes. I think that's super important because your house is your energy, right? And even though if everybody comes and even if you had the absolute best time, that residual energy from other people and whatever they're bringing into your space will linger. And you might have these weird symptoms or not feel good for days after and not know why. And it is because there was other people's energy. So I like either smoke cleansing with sage, you know, a sage stick, palo santo. And if the smoke bothers you, or that's not something you can do, then get a smudge spray. There's so many out there, palo santo spray, smudge spray, there's a million of them. And just go around your house and spray all the areas, especially where people are going to gather. I think that's really good. And then I do it before they come so that they're also not walking into whatever my energy stew is at the moment give them a cleansing space to walk into and after they leave. So I like to do before and after with any gatherings, uh, fresh flowers always, um, and any area where a lot of people are going to be, even the powder room. If you've got like one main powder room that people are going to be using, put some fresh flowers in there because that will instantly lift the chi of the space and the dining room table in the kitchen in any of your gathering areas. And yes, the nine lemons or oranges in a bowl, I love. And then I also encourage everyone to use them too. You know, like it doesn't mean just look at them. You can place them there, set your intention that you're bringing them in. Lemons and oranges and citrus in general is super cleansing and clearing. Okay. But then they also welcome abundance. So oh. it's a common, very Mac Daddy cure. It's a great one because, and it looks pretty, you know, um, it looks really nice. So you can always do that as well. Uh, what else did I talk about? Diffusing essential oils also is also really good and different oils. I will have a post up on that in a few days. So probably by the time this comes up, it'll come up. Um, Different oils have different properties. So, you know, you've got antimicrobial properties and cleansing properties and de-stressing properties. You know, pine is really good for de-stressing. So if you don't have a real Christmas tree, you can diffuse some pine and bring in the scent that way. Um, yeah, lots of stuff. Give your front entry some love. Mm. I'm always big. You'll see a million posts on my Instagram about the front door because everybody can take a look at their front door and you want to welcome in fresh energy for the season and all the time. This is applies for all the time, not just the holidays. Um, and if your front door doesn't say welcome, then all the work that you're doing inside the house doesn't really matter. It's like if you sewed up your mouth because your front door is the mouth of your home. Mm. So if you sew up your mouth, you can't take the nutrients that you need, right? To Mm. thrive. So if your front door doesn't work, is sticking, if you don't use it, if it's full of shoes, you know, the plants are dead, the lights are burned out, um, give it some love. Great time to throw in a fresh new doormat. 
And then another really great tip that I suggest is as you're bringing in those holiday decorations, smoke cleanse them too. Mm. Because they've been in storage for a year, right? Yeah. So they're in your garage, in your attic, in your basement, wherever it is that they are, they have been locked away for a year. So think about that. You're now wanting to bring in and decorate for the season and have all this great energy in your home, but you're bringing in a whole bunch of stuff that's stagnant. Yeah. That hasn't breathed in a year. So what I like to do is I open everything in the garage and then then I do my smoke cleanse over my bins. It doesn't mean you have to hold up every single item and smoke cleanse every single item. You know, you can open the bins, take the tops off and do a smoke cleanse, do a spray, do whatever works for you over them before you bring them in and then decorate with them. And then that kind of gets rid of all that stagnant energy. If there's stuff that's broken, get rid of it. Broken, even broke, you know, quite literally, you don't want a whole bunch of stuff that's been super glued together. (laughs) Um, You don't want to keep things that maybe remind you of unhappy times. You know, if you're looking at a decoration, you're like, oh, yeah, but that was when blah, blah, blah happened. Get rid of it. It doesn't matter how much it costs. You don't want anything that doesn't bring joy into your home, especially during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there's some <laughs> right there. Yeah. So good. So many tips. I love it. Thank you so much. Sure. So I also want to take a moment to talk a little bit about your book. Um, you know, can you can you give us a little information on on your, you know, I love the title, I, you know, I shared in the intro. Um, can you talk a little bit more about your book? Like what how would you describe it to someone who's not heard of it? Okay. Well, it's a memoir. Okay. So it it has some feng shui information in there, but it's not about feng shui. Okay. It is about my spiritual journey and my life. So as I was learning feng shui, that was kind of my gateway drug to the spiritual world. I did not realize I've, I've had these gifts since I was a child, but I never connected the dots, you know, and through feng shui and bringing my house to the level that it was up and vibrating at it opened the door to all these other modalities and then opened the door to what my true purpose is in this lifetime, which is to teach feng shui and to be here to share my story with millions of people around the world um, so that others who are going through spiritual journeys don't feel so alone. Mm. So the funny part of this book is that I had just learned about meditation and I just started meditating on a daily basis. You know, I made a commitment uh, back in May, I want to say of 2018, to meditate and really create a meditation practice for myself. And that has been life-changing. Do I do it every single day? No. Do I get to it at least five or six times a week? Yes, because I make it a priority. So during those very first meditations, I was 50. I was recovering from my surgery. I was studying feng shui. Our son had graduated from college and was living his life in Chicago. I'm like, all right, so what is my purpose moving forward? That was my question every day at meditation. And I got an answer. And I know who it was. It was Archangel Michael. It was very clear to me. And he said, you're going to write a book. And just like I told Karen when she was in my home, I said, yeah, no, thank you. I have no interest in doing that. What else? You know, and every day for a week, that was my question. Every day for a week, he came in like, I'm sure he was like, dude, I mean, come on. How many times do I have to tell you this? You know, and I just kept saying, no, thank you. I don't want to write a book. I have no interest in being famous. I have no interest in talking in front of people. I was an incredibly shy child. I was the one that was behind my mom's skirts, you know, just no interest in putting myself out there like this at all. Um, and then finally, I got tired of hearing the same answer. So I just said, okay, fine. What am I supposed to write about? Who cares? what a white, middle-aged, privileged woman has to say. Like, who cares? I don't have some crazy story where I grew up in the gutter and became this famous person. Like, who cares? And they just told me, my guides kept telling me, write down what's been happening to you along the way. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. And funny enough, one of my degrees from Notre Dame is in journalism and I never used it. I used it all, you know, 30 some years later is when my writing degree came into play. So it's really amusing how when, you know, the student is ready, the teachers appear. And when the timing is right, you get given the tools that you need. So then my meditation became, all right, just tell me what I need to do next. Just tell me what I need to do next. What's the next step? And they guided me. They guided me all the way through. Um, I wrote up until 
I think I ended the book at the end of 2020 because it came out in 2020. No, it came out in 2022. So it probably ended 2021 then. Um, And then I worked with an editor, you know, and went through all the things. And my publisher was divinely guided to me. The editors, everybody that I needed was divinely guided to me. And it is my story. And I have gotten a lot of feedback from people saying what I was feeling at the beginning that as these things are happening to you and as you're having these massive spiritual awakenings, you know, people that have known you for 30 some years are like, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big one, including my amazing husband. I've been married for 33 years. We've been together 37. You know, he knew one person and then I just suddenly became this other person. And, you know, he tried, but he didn't understand. You know, one day I went to go do a past life regression and it was all about using my throat and using my voice. And I go into the story in the book because it's a long story, but it's so good. Um, And I came home and he's like, so how did it go? And I said, okay, well, this is what would happen. This is the regression I went into. This is what they told me to do. I have to use my throat. And he looked at me right in the eyes and he goes, but you're not going to tell anybody this, right? Because they're going to think you're... And he meant it from a place of good, right? Like he wanted what was best for me, but I'm like, oh my God, this is what I'm up against, you know? And it comes from someone who loves me dearly, but he doesn't want other people to think that I'm batshit crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So so then it started reinforcing, yes, I do need to share this story because I can't be the only one that feels like this. And as I've shared it, and um, she's been, you know, she was birthed in April of last year in 2022. And I have had people from all over the world just reach out and tell me how they resonate so much with it, how they've had such similar experiences, um, how a lot of them have ended up, you know, sometimes divorced, sometimes leaving friends. And I have lost friends along the way. I'm not even going to pretend I didn't. But at the same time, they have been replaced with other people who are much more aligned with where I am now and who want to see me succeed versus who want to see me fail Yeah, or are happy to see me when I am in misery or sad. I mean, I've had to let family members go, you know, and that is just a part of the journey sometimes, at least it has been for me. And, you know, it's, it's not always easy. It's not always fun, Mm -hmm. but it's been necessary for my mental health, for my mental well-being, and for my elevation. So that that is what the book is about. I certainly talk about feng shui in it because feng shui played a big role in my pivoting to this completely different life. You know, the first thing I did was to get my surrounding spaces aligned, and then everything else kind of fell into place. And that is the magic of feng shui. You know, that is what so many people tell me. It's like, if we, we fix your surroundings, if you want to start with your, if that's easier than starting with the inside... We can work with what's around you. And then that might give you the courage uh, and the footing that you need to then start working on the inside. And that's what I did first. I fixed my outside and then the inside came along and my spiritual journey has been messy and it's been beautiful and it continues. I don't think it'll ever end. Um, But, you know, you have to be open and willing. And I think you have to be at a place in your life when you look around you and you go, I'm willing to step into the unknown because what is currently happening is no longer working for me. Mm-hmm. And that is when the magic really, really happens, yeah. you know? And I do see all these people who are doing all this spiritual work. I mean, I go to breath work. I do Reiki. I do all the fun things now. And like, to me, there's no better way to spend a Friday night. Let's go do breath work. You know, <laughs> My friends are like, meet me at the bar. I'm like, no, I don't even want to drink anymore. I hardly drink anymore because it just doesn't, I don't feel good when I do it, yeah. you know? Um, And I just want to go do that kind of stuff. But then I see people, they're doing all that stuff. And then they come home and their environment at home is chaos. Mm -hmm. Not to say that what you're doing isn't helping you, but it certainly could be helping you much further if then you're coming home to an environment that's also aligned with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it all, it all hand in hand, it all ties together. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, there's so much in that. And what you just shared, you know, and, and in the beginning, I was thinking, I'm I'm like, oh, what an amazing gift. You're literally, I love how you talked about the shifting energy inward or outward or where you start. And, 
Yeah, it's like you're literally opening that door, helping people with their energetics so that, you know, it can lead to possibly, you know, more inward if that's not the case or help the flow, you know, Mm -hmm. if they've done the inner work. So what an incredible, you know, incredible gift. And you know, when you talked about sharing your book and, and I think I've heard so many people can relate to what you said, where it's like, who am I? You know, but that's sad because that shows that we've been brought up in a world that sort of makes us, influences us to feel like our story doesn't matter, you know? And I, I love, I've heard someone say that you are your own unique energetic frequency and there's somebody out there that's perfectly aligned with those energetics that are waiting for you to step up and share, you know, your story and, you know, put it out there. And so I'm so, I'm so glad that you've published this book. And, you know, I heard on another podcast, it sounds like you had some grief with Amazon about the title and you're like, nope, this is, this is the book. This is, I'm sticking to it. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even with Amazon not being able to promote it because I use that word in there, it still became a bestseller on Amazon and it still won multiple awards. Yeah. So you know, I, I just strongly feel that whoever is meant to read it will read it. Yeah. And I'm not worried about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the funniest thing about the card deck, though, is this time when my guides came through and said, we want you to write a card deck, I stopped fighting. I'm just like, okay, yeah, fine. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I sat down and wrote it. And it was done in three weeks. So the difference between three years when you're fighting something yeah. or three weeks when you're not. <laughs> yeah. So once you're aligned, once you get used to you know, your guides and for everyone, they're going to speak differently. For me, I'm very clear audience. So they come through my, I literally hear a voice, you know, I see I'm very clear, clairvoyant as well. Um, but super strong, clear audience. So they just tell me what to do. And I'm like, all right, bring it on guys. Just tell me what you want and let's do this. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Incredible. I love it. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. So now in, in conclusion here, I just want to make sure that, you know, where can people find you? I know there are so many different platforms out there. And I mean, I know I've mentioned your Instagram is on point. So wonderful. But do you have a favorite place or a a particular way you prefer people to connect with you? I actually really focus most of my attention on Instagram because I just honestly get overwhelmed by all the socials. Like it's too much for me. And I'm not a video person per se. Like I'm not going to be making TikTok videos every day and that kind of stuff. So the best place to reach out to me is either on my website, which has my email. So you can reach out to me directly at Alejandra Brady or it's Alejandra at AlejandraBrady.com, which is my website email Um, or Instagram. Just DM me on Instagram if you have a question or want to set up a consultation. There's links in there. You can shop all the products directly from Instagram. You can um, book a consultation. So that's those are the two easiest ways. I just think I, I cannot do all the platforms. It's just too much to do all. So I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel you. And I'll definitely be sure to include those links and everything in the show notes. So as we're wrapping things up, is there any last tips, advice that you would like to share with our listeners? I think, especially since we're going to be looking at the holidays, just give yourself the gift of self-care as well. Mm -hmm. Take those timeouts for yourself because if you are not in a good headspace, you know, you're not going to be there for everybody else either. So I would say if you can take, even if you're not a meditator, if you can take five minutes of quiet time a day, it doesn't have to be this big thing, but do that just for yourself so that you're in a good space. We just had my son's wedding last weekend and, um, you know, I did what I could. I tried, he got married on 11, 11. So I did get up that morning and do an 11, 11 meditation, but of Of course, I ran myself into the ground and woke up with a UTI this week, you know, so it's just like you have to take the time to take care of yourself in order to be there for everybody else. And then, yeah, just focus on the small things that you can do, the fresh flowers, 
the oils, anything, the, the, the cleansing of your space to make sure it's always feeling super uplifted. Those things go a long way towards making a much more joyous and harmonious holiday season. And, and keep, keep track of that front door. There's yeah. so many people that tell me that they feel burned out and I will go and look around and there's light bulbs that are burned out. So if you're feeling burned out, check your home for burned out light bulbs, especially at the front door, you know, just do everything to help yourself to the best of your ability. And that will make everything flow smoothly. And one more, th- I do want to say one more thing. I get this question a lot. If, if even you're the only one that wants to make these adjustments and you're like, you know, nobody else in my house believes in feng shui, um, it affects everyone who's in your home. So you don't need everybody on board. My husband wasn't on board at the beginning. I did all the changes myself for the first the first room, the bedroom. And he felt such a difference that then he came to me and said, what are we doing next? Your changes will influence everyone that lives in your home, including your pets. So don't feel that you're doing this and it it's only for you. You will make positive impact on everybody in the household. Mm. You know, And the best compliment I can get these days is if somebody walks into my house and says, it feels amazing in here. I know it looks good. I've been doing this for 20 years. If you can't make something at this point in time, you know, anybody who's been doing this as long as I have can make a house look beautiful in their sleep, right? But when they say it feels good, yeah, that's the one you want to hear. So that's your goal. You want to feel good in your home and in your space. Mm, love it. So, so much good good stuff to digest. Thank you so much. Uh, you just have a beautiful presence. Your energy is so lovely. I have really enjoyed this conversation. And for our listeners, I hope that this has invited you to do a little reflection. There were so many good tips to kind of look at, whether it be for every day or, you know, things you can do for holidays. Um, But I hope that this invites you, encourages you to consider some of these things. What does your space, what is your space saying to you, you know, and check out, definitely check out her book, check out her card deck and her site. And until next time, have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.